Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I have never said that you've done ketamine. Whitney, I don't believe that you own the things you say. Because we left New York, I thought we were in a neutral, peaceful zone. And the next thing I'm seeing is that I'm like dirty and gross because and creepy because I take baths. That was a funny joke, Meredith. No, it was a dig on my marriage and a dig on my bathtub. That's not a like, dig like on I have a that. dirty house. I would never assume that Meredith has a dirty house. I don't even know where you're living right now. I don't know what vacation rental you're staying in. assume she'd wrap everything in plastic so that she gets her deposit back at the end of the lease. My bathtub is clean. Maybe yours isn't. Mine is very clean. Okay. Meredith, I take baths all the time, but I prefer to take my baths alone, which is true. Like, why are you judging me for wanting to take a bath alone? (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from the season premiere of The Real Houses of Salt Lake City, and we are back, baby. We got ketamine, we got vaginal bacterial infection accusations, we got an informant on the cast. I am living. Plus, we have the return of Mary Cosby. It took us some time, but Mary Cosby is back. It just takes some time. Little girl. So excited to see her. Now, this show is completely unhinged, and everything that seemingly we have to look forward to this season is truly bonkers, and I'm so excited to recap it. We have so much to discuss today, a million pages of notes, and um, over on The Real Houses of Orange County, the return of Dr. Moon, and uh, Shannon Storms Door is going into business with Dr. Moon. They are going to be doing some sort of colonoscopy product. And they were really trying to sell us on it. Now, I never thought I'd see the day when somebody would be giving us something to prep our colons uh, and selling at the stores. I don't know where she's going to put it. Sometimes these housewives products, they end up on the store shelves of my favorite places like TJ Maxx. So I'm heading in the store as Max Nista, and then suddenly I'm looking up at the display counter, and I'm seeing uh, Melissa Gorga jump ropes, or I'm seeing Margaret Josephs selling some sort of uh, product at the TJ Maxx or Home Goods, and so I'm thinking, like, am I going to hop into a Home Goods and or a Kohl's and pay Kohl's cash for a colonoscopy kit from Doctor Moon and Shannon Storms with Dora? I don't know. It's possible. It's probable. And that's probably what's going to happen. And I'm so excited for that. Although Shannon, I know she's going into business with this man. And we haven't seen him in a couple seasons, but she was really, I think she was trying to bamboozle us because she kept saying on camera, she's like, Dr. Moon, you look great. And I was like, he looks like a slightly more active corpse. Like what, not, no offense to Dr. Moon, but I mean, I don't know if we're trying to pretend that he's just bouncing on the walls doing headstands on screen when he was just sort of sulking around the screen and he didn't want to film. And uh, so I'm happy that he's a healthy man, but I'm not going to be bamboozled into thinking like, oh, he's the picture of health. And I don't know that I trust anyone that we'll get there. We're going to talk about Orange County. Let's start with Salt Lake City. Let's start with that, because this is going to be a wild ride. Buckle up, buttercup, because we got lots to talk about. And also, it's crazy shit that we're talking about, because over on Salt Lake City, it opens with Heather in Bermuda. And there's this whole mystery. Now, I've got, uh, I got a little PTSD when it comes to the mystery, because last season they did present us with the mystery as well, with the black eye. And we all know how that went. So I'm already at the edge of my seat. My asshole is clenched because I'm thinking, are we doing another mystery? And is it going to flop like last season's mystery with the black eye? Now, I don't believe it will, because I think the show needed to course correct. People widely hated last season. And so I think they went into the season knowing that they can't do something like the black eye situation again, because people weren't having it. So I'm hopeful, I'm, and I don't know anything about what this mystery is. Normally I hear things, right? Normally I get little bits of information, and I just put it back in my vault. I put it in my head in my vault, but I usually hear things ahead of time. And this is one situation where 
I haven't, I've even checked in with some of my friends in the know and I was like, what's this whole mystery thing? And people, I don't know. So they're keeping it hidden. And I prefer that. I actually wish we could go back to the days where everything was just on the screen and it wasn't playing out on social media because it gets to be too much to take in. And so I'm excited to find out what this mystery is, but I really hope, I really, I pray to the Bravo gods, please, please, Professor Andy Cohen, do not do it to us. We cannot have this situation where it was like last season with the black eye where we don't any getting any resolution to it. We need some resolution. So I guess it's going to come later in the season. We'll see. But Heather Gay is on the hot mic. These women don't know when to take off their microphones, do they? You got to pop off that mic pack because the, she's out on the porch in a, a seemingly in a cast trip, which thank God they're going to Bermuda and not that 1998 Arizona house like they did last season. Ladies and right. Remember that? Uh, but uh, I am, I'm worried about Heather Gay. It seems like she's doing in a really good place after last season because she really ended last season in the worst place of all because everybody widely hated after last season in the black eye situation. But in the off season, she had a best selling book. Bad Mormon, she bought a new house, seven bedrooms, I think it said, six baths, big house, big ass house. And so she's in a good place. And so I'm curious what uh, what'll be of Heather Gay this season, because the first season or two, fan favorite. Then season three, why they hate it. And now where does she go? They take us on a roller coaster ride with these women. So I'm anticipating, actually, for Heather to have the redemption season, and somebody else will get the villain at it. So we'll see. But we have that hot mic moment. We don't know exactly what's going on. Then we have all the gals reading from the Bibles. And I might have stayed in Catholic school if I would have had the Real House of Salt Lake City back in the day, because I don't know, when I'm watching the dramatics and the women just like walking real dramatically in their winter coats and stuff in the snow, and then they're just reading these Bible verses from Psalm 55, and Meredith says something about girding your loins, and Lisa says something, your enemy is the devil, and Heather says, he who breathes lies will not escape, and and it's so fucking dramatic. And I went to Catholic grade school, but then I switched in middle school, I went to public school. And I really think back to my youth, and if I would have been a young child uh, in the 90s getting to watch my stories on TV and get to see Heather Gay uh, storming around in slow motion, singing or talking about he who breathes lies will not escape, I would have said, hey, Father Wendell can sign me up for another year, because this is the kind of religion I might have been interested in. But as it stands, I I escaped that Catholic grade school, and I went straight to public, and I um, I never looked back, but now I'm looking back, and I'm saying... If I had these gals on my TV screen back then, I might have been tricked into being uh, in that school even longer. Anyway, then we get the title card. Salt Lake City, uh, then we it's revealed it's four months earlier. So we're going to have to wait and find out what the mystery is. If it's solved, we're going to have to figure it out. Another mystery for us to put our monocles on and act like Angela Lansbury and try to understand what's going on on that opening sequence. But we're not going to find out quite yet. Uh, then... It's revealed that Sundance is back. Lisa Barlow's in her element. She's been waiting. She's a Sundance queen. And I'm actually very excited because I feel like we've been robbed. I mean, Salt Lake City, it's been around for three seasons now, but... Those first couple of seasons were premiering during COVID, and there was all sorts of uncertainty, and I don't think they could quite film exactly what they wanted to film. Then there was a prison situation. So I was excited just to see Lisa doing Sundance, because I feel like we've heard a lot about it, but maybe not had the chance to see the breadth of what she does at Sundance. And so I'm excited. But um, the husband, John, I and by the way, you guys, I might be mixing up names, I might be mixing up details, because especially when you're dealing, and I've talked about this with the Real House of Orange County recaps, but when I'm dealing with a white man named John or Jack, these names are just floating in and out of my brain because it's hard for me to really distinguish between two Mormon white men named John and Jack. So I think the husband's named John, but the kid is named Jack. But you know what? We might fudge these up the way that that son wanted to go to Fudge College. He's not going to Fudge College no more, but he is apparently going on a mission instead. But I just want to give that information up front that I might be mixing up those two names because who wouldn't? Okay. And do not yell at me for it. Do not yell at me for it. Okay. But uh, they are doing, he is doing a mission. And although I did just go on that diatribe about sticking with Catholic school back in the day, organized religion in general does sort of scare me. That's the honest truth. And this man's going to figure it out. He's young, but I do... I do worry, much like Lisa Barlow's worrying. She says to the husband, Jack or John, unclear, she says she's worried about it because now he's going to the mission. She thought he was going to go into college. 
She says to the husband, she's like, when I was his age, I was in New York going to college. And the husband's like, well, he just needs to figure it out himself. And I look, I just honestly, I don't really quite understand the mission situation in the Mormon religion exactly. So I don't really want to get too much into it because I just don't really think I get it. I don't think I get it. Uh, then we cut to Heather's new house. She's got that New York Times bestseller. She, I think she'll have a good season. They always do after flopping. You know, even on Vanderpump Rules, you guys, I'm, I'm very curious what's going to happen because I think they just wrapped filming. But I do believe that eventually Tom Sandoval, after the Scandoval, I think eventually if the show keeps going on, he's going to get a better season because they always edit it that way. And I don't think it'll be next season. I was, that's, I was like having a conversation with a friend about this. We were talking for like an hour and a half about this. But I was thinking, will it be next season? And we were arguing if they're going to edit him well next season or if they'll have another season where he's the evil villain and then switch things up. But they always shift it. So we'll have to see. Anyway, Meredith arrives at Heather's new house and Heather makes her hold a snow shovel. I have never in my life seen anything more unnatural than Meredith Marks with a shovel and a cape. She had the cape, she had her jacket caped over her shoulders, and she had the snow shovel. And even Heather Gay, like, she was wearing heels, but it felt right to me, her with the snow shovel. I don't know. I just did. It felt like normal to me. But then when I saw Meredith Marks sort of holding that shovel, I was like, what is this? It was the most unnatural thing I'd ever seen in my entire life. Not to be too dramatic about it, but I think more than anything I've ever seen in person or otherwise, it was the most unnatural thing. I, I have ever seen. And I was raised in shows that were all about puppets and muppets. And yet that was more natural to me. Seeing a Fozzie Bear do stand-up comedy, a puppet do stand-up, that was more natural to me, to my eyes, to my naked eye. Even for the first time, if I think back to my youth as a kid, seeing a muppet for the first time, I think my brain just was like, okay. But my brain seeing Meredith Marks with a shovel plowing s- and snow, shoveling the snow, I was like, uh-uh, the brain won't do it. It just was like, not. It was like I'm not interested in processing that. Uh, but Heather says to Meredith that she's blocking out the haters now and see she's ready to have a good season. Her and Whitney are trying to have a friendship again, which is good because I think we're all tired of the bad weather fight. And so we need to move on. We're excited to move on. I need them to get back together. I don't want to, uh, same with Meredith and Lisa, which it seems like they're starting to reconcile. Now I know that Lisa did on a hot mic call her friend Meredith of 10 years, 10 plus years. I don't know how long it was a garbage whore and did say the husband doesn't hold the job down and say really unforgivable things that in real life, if any of our friends we heard said that about us, we would say sayonara. We're not interested in the friendship no more. But when it comes to our housewives, I need them to get over it and move on. And so I'm happy that they're seeking resolution, despite the fact that one of them called the other one a garbage whore. So good. That's what we need. Um, Meredith, though, she, let's see, she is hating Whitney. She hates Whitney now. Because as I played in that clip, Whitney said in a New York Post interview that she's creeped out by the bubble baths. And look, I sort of I sort of agree. I, I don't want Meredith Marks to come after me. I don't want her to get upset about this because I know she's upset. She said, don't come after the bathtub. She said that a million times this episode. And I thought at first she was kidding about it. I really thought it was like a joke. I thought she was going to laugh. And then she said, don't ever come after my bathtub. And so I'm nervous to even say this. But I do, okay, I do sort of agree with Whitney when it comes to bathtubs. It is sort of like you're just wading around, W-A-D-E, um, in your own filth, you know, I guess you could take a shower. I think you, it's important to either take a shower beforehand or I don't know. I just sort of, I'm sort of grossed out by it. I, I am, I am. It, and although this fight is crazy, I'm very into it. It's taking me back to the season one, episode one fight about the hospital smell. Remember when Mary Cosby and Jen shower fighting about smelling like hospital. That's what this is reminding me of because it's a bathtub fight. And Meredith just is very serious. Again, not kidding. Don't come after my bathtub. Do not come after my bathtub. She says, you don't go after my marriage and you don't go after my bathtub. She said, the only thing she left out was my children. It's a perfect housewives fight. I'm very into it. And also Meredith, one of the things that I appreciate so much about her, because now I'm scared she's going to come after me. She's going to be pissed. But one of the things that I do appreciate about her is that her vocal intonations are always changing. And so, for instance, at the end of the episode, in like the trailer for the season, she says something about a husband. 
She's like, did you say something about my husband? And it always sounds like in Finding Nemo when Dory is talking to the whale. Like, that's exactly what Meredith Marks sounds like sometimes when she's, my husband. Like, her and Gina have that, Gina from The Real House of Orange County, they have that sort of where the edge of your seat feeling where you're not sure how the word is going to come out. And then it comes out sometimes bonkers. And I'm very into that. I'm very into that. Um, so Meredith, then we see her at her boutique. Mary arrives and they play the voiceover. Mary saying, you can go little girl, little girl. And I'm so glad that little girl is back. I, I missed her so much. And she's now the friend of, and I liked though that when we saw her for the first time in this episode, they didn't label her. The Bravo people didn't label her as Meredith's friend. I like that because we have an uh, established relationship with this woman. And so I'm glad it didn't say Meredith's friend. It just said Mary. It's like, we know who Mary is. But Mary catches us up. She says, Robert Jr. has a girlfriend or a, possibly a wife. Unclear. She says everyone is telling her it's his wife, but she doesn't know. She's like, I got to figure that out. And the producer was like, well, doesn't he live with you? And Mary's like, yeah, I should ask. And <laughs> oh, it's so fucking nuts. I love this show. I love this show. It's crazy. It's the craziest show on television. I believe that. And that's why I love it. Because you just don't know what's going to happen or what these women are going to say. And I never thought, when I think back on, I don't know, five, ten years ago, or when The Housewives came about, I would have never anticipated a city like Salt Lake would have such craziness. I mean, again, talking about prison, informants, ketamine situations, which the drug accusation, a ketamine. I mean, like what? I would have never thought that would be the case when uh, they were talking about a city in Salt Lake being a new Housewives franchise. And now I'm like, this is the craziest fucking city in the world. And there maybe should be two franchises in this city. Maybe we need to mic up some other gals and have another part of town in a Salt Lake City, you know, in another area. I don't know. Figure it out. Um, okay, then Robert Sr. was in Vegas for six months. Mary was happy as a clam. She was like happy as a clam that the husband was in Vegas for six months. Now, in most other shows, most other Housewives franchises, the husband goes to Vegas for six months. Guess what? We're talking divorce. Not Mary Cosby. She's happy as a clam. And I actually related to her in that. I mean, I love my significant other dearly. But sometimes I think, oh, yeah, that'd be kind of nice. Get him away for six months. No offense to him. Love him to death. Love him to pieces. But I wouldn't mind a little time in bed all to myself. Watch what I want on TV every night. Doesn't sound too bad. And so I understood Mary Cosby. No offense. Sorry, Matt. He's not even here. I always talk to him. He ain't even here. He can't hear me nothing. <laughs> Okay. Then, um, let's see. Mary is sitting down with Meredith Marks and she's eating the biggest fork of spinach. Did anyone notice that? I don't know. She's not eating the spicy food though. Cause she said it comes out the other end spicy. She's not wrong. She's the only one brave enough to say it on this franchise. Mic her up and she'll say it because no one else is talking like that. And none of the other shows. And that's why we need Mary Cosby. Cause she's being honest. Anyway, she's, uh, Meredith says, um, she has not spoken to Jen since she's been in prison. Cause Mary is asking all the gals about Jen. She's like, you talk to Jen? You, you in it with Jen? She even sells, uh, Heather Gay later on. She's like, you and Jen were really close. And Heather's like, oh, no, I think people made that up. And Mary Cosby is like, uh, no, they didn't. And she's calling her out. I like that. But Mary is just asking everyone about Jen. And also it is true. Like, I don't know. I don't think Meredith will ever talk to Jen again. I don't think most of them will ever talk to Jen again until the Bravo producers decide to bring Jen back on the show. I'm talking like way down the line once she's out of prison. I do believe that some producer will say, let's mic her up. Because think about where the landscape will be in. How long is Jenna away for? Is it five years, eight years? I don't know. Who can tell? But I think in the future, the franchise might not be as strong as it is now. And so they might need something to spice up the ratings. So right now, it might seem crazy for them to be miking up Jen Shaw post-prison. You know, it might seem crazy. But in five years, who knows what the landscape will be? They'll probably uh, give her the snowflake as soon as she's out. She'll get out for good behavior or something, and they'll give her a snowflake. And we'll have to see that. I, that's my prediction. Heard it here first. Okay, so Angie K. Angie K is a full-time housewife now. Did anyone expect that coming? There's Angie H., who looks like Sarah Paulson, and now there's Angie K., who's a full-time housewife. But Angie K. is meeting with Monica, who she met through Jen. Monica's the new housewife. And Angie says, we figured we both knew Jen was a mess, so why not become friends? And that's the kind of friendship that I'm interested in when it comes to housewives. 
but here's, uh, I do have some questions and I did research. I watched this episode twice and I noticed that the new housewife, what's her name? Monica. She posted on social media. Now, again, I don't want to get into the weeds when it comes to social media because sometimes it just gets to be too much and I can't cover it all. I can't keep up with it all. I want to judge the women based on what they're showing us on the show. But I did come across this post from the new woman, Monica, because I just, I had to kind of do some research, right, on the new person. So I hopped on her social media and she posted a photo from 2022, June of 2022. She says, first of all, I wasn't meeting Jen at the airport, Lisa. I met you at the airport because you were also running an, quote, errand for Jen. She said, that was actually the first time we met in person, aside from our countless phone combos, uh, but keep coming with all that BS. There's other things in this post. It's a really long post. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But the one thing I do want to talk about is this idea that, so they had met sooner, but in this scene on the episode, Monica says to Lisa when she shows up, are you following me? This is getting crazy. Okay. So Monica says to Lisa, nice to meet you. And Lisa says, like, you too, or something. And then Lisa says, oh, I don't really know her that well, or something. I don't know what she says. But what's the truth here? Because in the scene that we're being shown on camera, we see Monica say, nice to meet you. And then we see Lisa go on to say, like, she doesn't know much about this woman, or they've only had a couple conversations. I don't remember what exactly she says. But so, like, what the what's the truth? And I know sometimes on these shows, they present us with inaccurate information. They try to pretend these people have been friends forever, and then we find out they're not. Or they exaggerate their relationships. Over on The Real House in New York, the new reboot, I don't think any of those women knew each other before they started filming. And yet, we're almost being uh, tricked into believing like they had these big relationships before the show. However, I do think the Roni reboot, I've been not so into it. I think this last week, though, I really loved it because this whole fight with Jenna Lyons flying coach or flying first class, like the other women were mad that Jenna Lyons was flying first class when they were all flying coach. They thought Jenna Lyons should have flown down with them. It was a girl's trip. They thought it was inappropriate for her to change flights. Meanwhile, there were so many other reasons why Jenna Lyons decided to change flights. However, just focusing on the first class of it all, it is crazy to me that Bravo was flying the other women in coach. <laughs> like, that's kind of that's kind of hilarious. I know they're a new franchise, but this is a cast trip. Like, they're not footing the bill for these flights. And if I was a cast member on a successful reality show a show that was in its 14th season. I know it's a reboot, but it's still a show in its 14th season. And they got all these gals for cheap. Aside from probably Jenna Lyons, even with Jenna Lyons, they probably got all them gals for cheap. So the fact that they're not flying them all first class, and I, there was some excuse of like, well, there was only a business class flight the day before or something. If I was the other women, I'd been like, well, I'm not going on the cast trip that day unless you're flying me first class. Like they should have been mad at Bravo, not at Jenna Lyons. And by the way, Jenna Lyons should always fly first class. She's Jenna fucking Lyons. There's no reason that she should be flying coach. I don't care. She should have told the other women, like, you guys should not be flying coach. Like, you're a cast on a 14th season show, and they're barely paying you. You're barely scraping by. Because, you know, the first season Housewives, they're, like, losing money by paying for their glam and having to pay glam for appearances and all that shit. So they're probably not even, they're probably all losing money. And then they're flying coach. It's like, well, that is fucked up. Anyway, sorry to go off on that tangent. I just had to say that. But last week was the first episode of the Roni reboot where I really was like really loving it, to be honest with you. And I know that's not popular, but it's my truth. Okay, so where are we at here? Oh, okay. So this new woman, Monica, perfect casting. I don't only think she's like good on camera. She seems comfortable on camera. She seems like she's given us some juice on camera. But it's also revealed that she's essentially an informant or an act. I don't know if I'm using the terminology correctly. But she she was the one who first went to her friend, who I think she said is in the CIA or the Secret Service. And her friend was like, get the fuck away from Jen Shah. And then Jen Shah was arrested two months later. But so Monica was like a witness in the federal government of Jen Shah's trial. Like, that is the messiest fucking thing Bravo has ever done. <laughs> And I love them for it. I know I just dragged them for not flying their cast members first class, but now I just have to say bravo, bravo to you, because that is some A-plus casting work for them to just be like, let's get a witness 
in Jen Shah's court case. And let's make her a full-time cast member. Give her snowflake. Like, that's so fucked up. And I loved it. But Monica's 38. She's going through divorce. I guess she was divorced and remarried the guy and then divorced again. She's got four girls, five, six, 12, and 17. She, uh, again, I'm. it's unclear exactly what the relationship is, was with Lisa and Monica. But Monica hates Lisa off the bat. She says Lisa is portraying a perfect life. And she knows a ton about all these women. And she says all their dark secrets are heavy on her mind. Like, what does that mean? I don't know. It's very scary. They're heavy on her mind. Meanwhile, Lisa Barlow's just sitting there. She wants to talk about maritime because she's really into maritime. She said, I love culture. I'm obsessed with anything maritime right now. And she's into maritime stuff, which I'm not proud of this, but I did have to look up what the fuck maritime meant. I, I like assumed it meant something with boats, but I just wasn't sure. You know, sometimes you hear that word and I'm like, I'm not exactly sure. Anyway, uh, Heather decides to have a fresh start party. And there's another Mary there that I'm sort of interested in. Looks like a Leslie Grossman character. And I wanted, uh, I want Leslie Grossman to play uh, this woman in some sort of scripted series because it was, she was interesting to me. We didn't get much on her, but we did see her briefly. It seemed like a lot of people who might have been trying out for this show. Like there were other women at this, this event, this snowball fight event. And I think they were all probably auditioning. It was like a casting call. Essentially, it was an open casting. And they decided to go with that Monica woman because she was an informant in Jen Cha's FBI case. But uh, it was it was fascinating to me, all these other women who were very clearly trying to get on the show. And that was, that was great. So uh, Monica says that Jen never said anything nice about Heather Gay. And that's fascinating because Heather Gay was the only one who had Jen Cha's back. And to a fault, like everybody hated Heather Gay because she had too much of Jen Shah's back. I know I was sort of distracted by the plate of sliced banana bread with butter dollops on top because I was like, what is that? Like, I love a, a banana bread and I love that they had sliced uh, butter on top because I want a butter dollop on my banana bread. I love banana bread. I've already told you already know I've been in fall mode. So I just been making all sorts of, I made a pumpkin bread last week before even Labor Day. I made the pumpkin bread. And I got my Le Creuset, the pumpkin-shaped Le Creuset, out. I got that going on the, um, like, anything I could put in that pumpkin-shaped Le Creuset, I'm putting in there. Whether or not it's something that you should make in the pumpkin-shaped Le Creuset, for the next two months, I'm making every fucking meal in that pumpkin-shaped Le Creuset because it's too expensive to not use. So I am filling that up with my cereal in the morning, whatever the fuck I'm eating. I don't care my Diet Coke, I'm drinking it out of the pumpkin-shaped Le Creuset because it's too expensive, I've got to get my use out of it. I didn't last season. Last holiday season, I got the pumpkin Le Creuset. And I just felt like I made it one time, and I love it. It's so beautiful. It's a gorgeous piece. But it's like a $400 piece. Like, i got to get my use out of it. So I decided this fall, even before fall, I'm making everything. I'm using that pumpkin-shaped Le Creuset for every goddamn thing I put in my mouth. doesn't matter. does not matter. I am putting it in there, and that's, I'm gonna put the banana bread in there. I'm gonna make, uh, if I gotta make some steaks in there, some chicken breasts, some, I don't care, burgers, I'm making in the pumpkin shaped Le Creuset. That's where the uh, burger patties are going. I'm heating the bun up in that, making uh, whatever. Okay, so they're doing this, uh, so they do have the pumpkin bread. Now, oh, the other thing I wanna talk about is, so they're all, greeting Mary Cosby for the first time. They're like, oh, Mary, I didn't know you were coming back to the show, I guess. And Lisa says that Mary Cosby had texted her and they didn't leave it off in the best space. And the texts from Mary Cosby to Lisa Barlow were truly some of the funniest things I've ever heard. She called Lisa Barlow a black widow who will kill people with her nasty tequila. You'll kill people with your nasty tequila. An accusation that has been thrown Bethany Frankel's way plenty of time, allegedly. Uh, she also called her a witch. She said, you're not interesting. And then Mary just says, oh, yeah, I did feel really good about seeing Lisa. She liked her coat. And it's the funniest fucking thing. Like, that is the funniest fucking thing. To say that you're, <laughs> you're going to kill people with your nasty tequila is the funniest thing I've ever heard. I'm sorry it is. It is. So then Heather gives all the gals this fresh start speech because uh, producers knew that everyone hated last season. So they probably told Heather, give the speech about a fresh start so that the audience knows we're not dragging uh, through the mud all the stuff from last season because the audience isn't interested in it. So I think that was the producers told Heather Gay, like, give the speech. 
And then uh, Heather, oh, this is when Heather sits down with Mary, too. She says everyone else made up the connection that she had with Jen, which wasn't true. Then we see Meredith and Lisa. They talk. They want to have a one-on-one because they want to move on. Um, And then uh, it's revealed no one read Heather Gay's book. People need to read a book. I do have a problem with that. As an author myself, all the women were like, I think Angie K said something like she falls asleep when she reads a book. And it's like, maybe you need to write a good book. I don't know. Pick out something. I'm not saying it's got to be my book, which you could pre-order my next one called The Jolliest Bunch. It comes out end of October. But you uh, should read something. It expands your mind. It's good to read a book. Just read one book. One book a year, I just encourage, like, if you're someone who's not a reader, try to find, like, one book a year. Like, just, it'll expand your vocabulary. Not that I got some great vocabulary, but still, it puts you in other, it helps you with empathy. It's good to read a book. Anyway, then we cut to Meredith confronting Whitney about the special K comment about the ketamine situation. And are people doing, is ketamine, like, a, a bit, I feel like I keep hearing more and more about ketamine. I guess all the people are doing ketamine these days. Unclear. But Meredith seems more upset about the bathtub. She says it was a big a dig on my bathtub. Uh, Whitney points out that Meredith's been staying in these vacation rentals. This is another way that they lie to us, because I don't actually know that Meredith exactly lives in Salt Lake City. It seems like she maybe rents for the show, which is fine with me. I don't have a problem with that. I think a lot of these houses, if we really were to dig into it, which I'm not willing to do, but I do feel... Uh, and I don't want to. I say I'm not willing to do that because I don't want to, because that will ruin the facade. But I bet you if somebody really did start digging, they'd find that none of these people live where they're supposed to live or live where they say they live. You know, like, I don't think Sheena Shea's living in Palm Springs. I think Meredith probably lives in, who knows, Arizona or something. I don't know. But I don't think most of these people probably even live in the cities. But when they're on a show called The Real Housewives of Such Such City, they got to pretend they live there. There's also accusations of Jessel on uh, the New York house. She was cast for Dallas and then moved right before filming to New York, <laughs> which is so fucking funny. It's so funny that that will, I mean, that is the craziest thing. And no one's really taught. I know there have been stories about it, but I, I sort of feel like we're all just letting that get away too easily because Jessel was cast on the real houses of Dallas or they, she had like filmed footage to be on the real houses of dallas and then ultimately that show got canceled because it was terrible but she was cast on that city and then now we're finding out she just moved to new york right before filming and it's like that is fucking crazy and we're all just accepting it like oh yeah she lives there and it's like no she don't none of these people live there (laughs) i wonder who else like we're gonna find out kyle splits richards doesn't actually live in uh, the Real Houses of Beverly Hills, they're going to find out uh, in a couple seasons. Or as soon as this show's over, we're going to find out Kyle Richards has been commuting. Like, she really lives in Ohio or something. Oh, my goodness. Kyle Richards, too. I'm so sick of that, Kyle Rich- I'm sorry to get off on this tangent. we got to take a break then, too. But briefly, I do just want to touch on Kyle the Splits Richards because I have a problem with the idea of her and that Morgan woman. They had all these rumors about them. And then they did a music video together. And then I keep seeing Kyle Richards tell the press, like, she just is having this hard time. It's hard to go through a public breakup uh, with her husband, Mauricio, with the press following every move and being on a reality show. And I'm like, yeah, you put your, you are putting yourself in this position. Like, I feel fucking nuts because every time I see Kyle uh, splits Richards talking about her split with Mauricio and her dalliance with Morgan, which she's saying is not true, but it's like, you're mad at the press for digging or people for speculating. And it's like, you put yourself in the fucking music video with that woman who had the whole press is saying you're in a relationship with. So it's like, you're asking for it, right? Like that you're asking for it. And you're commenting on, on every fucking Amazon live you do. So it's like, I feel nuts that she keeps saying like, Oh, it's real tough when the press is in it. It's like, you're making the press be in it. So stop trying to make it seem like the audience is the problem here. Like, you're the problem if you're going to do the music video and then talking about the relationship every time you're on Amazon Live, which it seems like all these housewives, the Bravo people, they're all selling, hawking their wares on Amazon. And it works out for everyone, I think, because on Amazon, it gets all the people sharing those little juicy nuggets about the shows. And then I don't even know what they're doing on the Amazon Live. I guess they're just telling people, like, shop on their shop for the wares. On, I don't know what those Amazon Lives are about, but I feel like every Bravo celebrity these days... I'm seeing just these clips of them, and it says Amazon Live. I'm like, what's going on with that? I don't understand. But I guess it works out for everyone. But the point is, Kyle Splits Richards, please stop making us feel like we're the problem here 
we're the ones digging when, yeah, there are people digging, but it's like, you're the one putting it out there. I'm sorry to go off. I always like, I actually was someone who always liked splits Richards. I did, but I've been turned. I don't know. I've been turning a little bit. Okay. Let's take our break here. And then we're going to come back, talk about the end of this episode. And we'll come back and talk about orange County. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll be right back. Thank you to ACAST and we'll be back in a minute. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, we use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. And we're back. You can't leave. That was Meredith Marks in the preview for the upcoming season of The Real Salt Lake City. I'm so excited for what's to come. But the end of this week's episode is just the women who are auditioning to be on the show, throwing snowballs at each other. Although Mary realizes like she's going to be on the show regardless. So she's like, I'm not participating in that. So producers probably tried to get her to participate in the snowball fight. And she's like, uh, not doing it. Not doing it. Uh, but the rest of the gals do a snowball fight while Mary watches in disgust at the show she's part of. Because, you know, she was sitting there thinking, she's like, what is this show? Sometimes, you know, I've said that about Meredith Marks, but I think that Mary Cosby also feels this way where they're looking around sometimes and thinking like, how am I in this show? You know, does that make sense? Even though they're both kooky and, and odd in their own ways, I think they look around like, what is this low but Like in their minds, I think they think they should be on Beverly Hills Housewives or something. And they look around and they think, oh, I'm on Salt Lake City Housewives, which, although I love this show, it's probably my favorite to recap because it's so unhinged. But it's definitely like a different, it's a different show. It's a different show than any of the others. And so they're just looking around like, what the, where the fuck am I? How the fuck did I get here? What the fuck is going on? Why the fuck are we doing this on camera? Who the fuck are these other women? And why are these other women I'm surrounded by cast on this show? Because they don't understand. They don't understand. But the episode ends with a, this season on. And that's when Meredith says, you can leave. And she says, you want me to go there with the husbands? Or whatever she's <laughs> like, Maura Rose or whatever. Um, then Whitney's having marriage trouble, apparently, in the preview. I do not trust that man she's with. I don't. What's his name? Justin? Uh, another J name. I can't with all these. Justin, John, Jake, Justin, James, John, Jake. There's no Jake, but you know what I'm saying. Too many J's. Uh, Monica's being messy. Angie apparently washes money from her businesses, which is exciting. And then, oh, it ends with Mary calling Heather inbred looking. So that's our show. 
And um, over on the Real Houses of Orange County, another crazy show. Uh, Heather's getting ready to launch that HD network. That HD network. I'm not sure we need a whole network of Heather Dubrow, do we? Now, I'm not even, I, I'm using the term network loosely because I don't believe that anyone actually accesses Fireside. Now, I understand what this is. It's like a startup thing, and I tried to sort of explain it on the last episode of Everything Iconic, but it is not something, at least I would say, is widely used. It might be a service that exists, but I'm not sure many of the people listening to this podcast are tuning into anything on Fireside or even know where to access it. I mean, I'm even saying the word Fireside, and I'm thinking in my head as I'm saying it, do I just go to Fireside.com? Or what? Like, I don't even know that. I don't even understand exactly how or where to access it. And so I know, I know, the people watching The Real Houses of Orange County, all of us who are watching the show, like, we're not interested in accessing Fireside. So the idea that whoever owns Fireside is like, yeah, let me give Heather Dubrow a whole fucking network is very, actually very bold of them. Bold ass fireside people because they're thinking, assuming that the people who watch the real housewives are going to figure out how to access something called fireside. I can barely figure out how to watch these shows. Like, I cover these shows, and sometimes after it ends, I'm like, okay, where the fuck do I see it the next day? Is it Peacock? Like, I'm thinking, where's the streaming or how do I access it? So, the fact that I'm going to try to figure out what fireside is for Heather, your bro, uh-uh, for a lifestyle network. No less. Like, what am I don't even want to watch her brag about the $55 million houses. And I was always on her side, but I've turned on her so much now with that $55 million sale and just them yelling G6 and Terry dancing and stuff. I'm thinking, who? Also, it's not even relatable. It's supposed to be like a goop thing. I know goop sometimes we laugh at because we're like, oh, it's so un- out of touch. So is that the kind of lifestyle brand Heather Dubrow's launching? H with that HD everywhere. And uh, we'll get to that. Um, but we got to talk about the Shannon with the Dr. Moon, which I know I touched on earlier in the episode, but Shannon shows up at Dr. Moon's place wearing very aggressive tights with flower petals on it. And this is when she's lying to everyone. She's like, you look good, Dr. Moon. She keeps saying that, like, you look good. Now, I, I feel bad even saying that because I don't want, I'm, I'm not saying Dr. Moon looks bad. I talked about that earlier in the episode, but I don't think he looks bad. I just think it is why are we all saying he looks really good? Like Shannon should have maybe just not said anything because he's moving at a very slow pace, a very slow pace and God bless him. Uh, but Shannon, I don't know that, I don't know that I'm really sold on Dr. Moon's services because I'm not sure that I've ever seen Shannon not stressed. And he says to her, you have gravity stress. Your face and your belly are sagging. He says, which I would never want to see a doctor like that. A doctor who told me my face and belly was sagging on camera. That'd be the moment that I would fire Dr. Moon. I'd be like, I'm out of here. And then I would I'd probably attack the camera and I'd say, delete the footage. Like, give me the tape. I'd rip the tape out of the cassette deck and I'd say, we're not airing that. Because if my doctor called my face and my belly sagging on camera, uh-uh, no. I'd, I'd, I'd call up a lawyer or something. And I'd say, I'm suing Bravo, I'm suing Dr. Moon, and I, whoever else. I'm going to take down NBC Bravo. Because it's unacceptable for someone to air that my doctor's saying that I'm sagging and stressed and got droopy belly and face. Like, uh-uh. Just disgusting. And maybe she needs a new doctor because she's always stressed. I've never once seen this woman not stressed. And so maybe it's not working. Maybe she needs to see another doctor. I don't know, Dr. Sun instead of Dr. Moon. I'm not sure. Just look up anyone else. Another doctor in the area, any literally anyone else. I'm not saying it's got to be, I don't know, whatever kind of healing he does, or I guess he fixes energy in the body, she says. But I, again, never once seen her with good energy. So maybe any other, I don't care if it's a real doctor or Dr. Phil, I don't fucking care. Just call up anybody. I don't even think Dr. Phil's got his medical license, but call him up. Literally anybody else with the word doctor, Dr. Mario, call him up. I know he's a video game character, but figure it out, Shannon Bedore, because Dr. Moon ain't working. You're always stressed, and you have the worst energy I've ever seen on camera. Uh, amongst all of the women on every franchise on this network, I've never seen a woman with worse natural energy than Shannon Storms Bedore. So if this is how she is with Dr. Moon, imagine without Dr. Moon in her life what the energy would be like. But certainly she should find any other doctor. Literally any other doctor. Dr. Mario, Dr. Phil, Dr. Dre, I don't care. Just Shannon needs to get anyone else on the line. 
Um, but he is, Dr. Moon is massaging her body in the scene. Shannon reveals that she's always done his at home colonics. However, and I don't remember this, you know, sometimes these things air and then you forget they happen, but they were showing a flashback of when Shannon got the colonoscopy tip. She got the tip of the colonoscopy thing stuck up her butt, up her back door. Rita Moreno. And David, Dave, David, why do I want to call him Dave? The ex-husband. He had to fish it out. And maybe that's, uh, looking back at their marriage, sure they had problems. And that man was a demon and I did not care for that man. However, it might have been, it might be, uh, how do I say this? How do I word this properly? I would, I suppose I just want to encourage everyone if you're in a relationship and you do an at-home colonic from your uh, energy healing doctor, and you get the tip stuck up your back door. Rita Moreno. Perhaps it's not the best to go to your significant other and ask them to fish it out of your back door. Rita Moreno. Literally ask anyone else. Go to one of those other doctors I listed even. you know, Or go back to Dr. Moon and have anybody else. If Dr. Moon's the one giving you that and it gets stuck up there, then maybe you should just go back to Dr. Moon if you're unclear if it's... I guess she wasn't clear if it was fished out of there. Because I just don't think that's a way to enhance a marriage, is what I'm trying to say. I don't think that helped an already crumbling marriage in terms of David and Shannon, but I don't think it'd help any marriage. And so if you're out there and you're listening to this, and I encourage everyone to do their colonoscopies, and you know, I feel very strongly about that. I just had my colonoscopy earlier this year. I have to do them. I have uh, reasons I got to get my colonoscopies every couple of years, but you also have to check with your doctor. And I encourage you all to check with your primary care physician. If you have a history of uh, colon cancer in your family, you need to start getting your colonoscopies younger. People are already starting to get colonoscopies younger. They used to encourage it by a certain age, and now they've lowered that age for men. So just, I encourage all of you to check with your doctors about the colonoscopies. It's so easy to do. The prep is the worst part, but the actual colonoscopy is really easy. Anyway, I guess uh, my point is, Ask a doctor to fish out the tip if it's gotten stuck in your back door. Rita Moreno. That's all I'm saying. Um, but Shannon is starting this colonoscopy business with Dr. Moon because she says she needs to grow her business. And she says her kids need to go to school. And so she's basically saying she's got to sell colonoscopy kits because she's a single mom. With I love how she's framing it like she can't take care of her kids unless people buy her at-home colonoscopy kit. Like that is a brilliant house size move. And that's why Shannon is great on the show. And she says to Dr. Moon, she's like, she's like, we're going to kill it. It's colonics, Dr. Moon. And then Dr. Moon's like, yeah, okay. Like he's again, half awake in this scene. I'm sorry. He couldn't have been less excited about the at-home colonoscopy kits. They're going to be selling together. I mean, I was like, give us a little energy, Dr. Moon. You're trying to hawk these wares. I mean, Shannon's given all the energy and Dr. Moon's like, yeah, okay. And like, Dr. Moon, sell it to us. He should have said something to sell it to us. He wasn't selling nothing. Like, I am in the market for an at-home colonoscopy kit. And you're not selling it at all, Dr. Moon. So I'm not going to buy that one. I'm going to go look for something else. Anyway, then we cut to Jen and her mom. Now, the mom's never met the the boyfriend before. She's never met Ryan. And she don't like Ryan because she liked the other husband. I was so distracted that Jen was drinking out of a Namaste Ray Don mug. Enough. I had like a visceral reaction to the Ray Dunn mug, just with the font. It just said Namaste. Ugh. So it was too much. Get rid of those. People, I'm sorry. You need to get rid of the Ray Dunn mugs. Just get rid of it. Give it to... Do anything with it. Break it up into pieces and build a table with the missing pieces that aren't uh, fonted. Do you get what I mean? Just do anything else with that mud. Use the ceramics, melt the ceramics, and put it into something else that don't got a font on it. We don't need things that just say namaste on it. Stop it. Stop it. And they all need to stop selling them, too. It's like, I I have a visceral reaction. I was so distracted. And um, anyway, then we see everyone getting dressed. Some of them had glam. Some of them don't for Heather's fireside event. She says, I'm Heather DeBro says, I'm launching the first lifestyle network. It's not own. And she thinks it'll help her get other work. And I don't want to judge that. But I did. I don't think it will. Then Jen and Tamara wear the same outfit to this event. And Tamara's the only one I feel like is kind of throwing digs at the lifestyle situation in the confessional. And for that, I appreciate it. I did. And I hate to throw a fireside under the bus because I really, again, don't know anything about it. I don't really know much about it. I have sort of seen the word before, but I don't exactly know 
what it means. Okay. The one thing I was noticing about this fireside event is that all the women, they had to bring gifts to Heather's event. And I noticed this happens a lot on Housewives. And I think this is what I would hate the most about filming one of these shows. I would hate to always have to bring a gift to an event because they're always filming these events. And in real life, I don't think you would be going to that many sort of group events to always have to bring a host a gift. I think if I was cast on the show, I'd write an email to everybody in the cast and I'd say, let's not do housewarming gifts. Like that to me seems like a pretty reasonable thing to do. Like, I don't want to have to think of a housewarming gift every time we're filming one of your events on camera. So let's just say no housewarming gifts. I think that's what they should do. They should have a housewarming gift reform. Um, anyway, Heather and Terry, before everyone arrives, they're again wearing all black like a sexless Adams family. And they are popping the champagne because officially got the money in their accounts uh, for the $55 million. And there was so much fucking monogramming on everything. And I know Hip actually calls this out later in the episode when she's drunk, which I loved seeing Hip drunk at this event. She was calling out all the monogramming. But I was thinking about how much money must have been lost with the Lifestyle Network launch. Because here's the thing. How do I put this? I don't think they were paying Heather Dubrow a lot of money because it was a startup, right? This is a new service. And as it stands, I don't know if a lot of people understand Fireside, and so maybe it'll take off, and I'll eat crow and mark my words that could happen. We never know. Sometimes this, things could take off. So maybe Fireside one day will take off. However, I don't think there was like a bunch of money. And certainly, this event cost a lot of money to monogram all that shit with HD. I don't think Fireside was paying for that. I think Heather and Terry were paying for that. So they were losing so much money just to promote this event. And I don't think people were leaving this episode going to check out the fireside. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But it just feels like they spent too much money monogramming all this shit. It was like everything. And then also the food at this event, I don't think Bravo paid for it. And I don't think fireside paid for it. So they just were losing money to promote this thing. And I guess you're paying to promote it. But I don't know. Hip was drunk. And I love that. She said, I think you should put your initials on more things. That was the funniest line of the whole week. I think you should put your initials on more things. I don't think there's enough, Hip said. <laughs> Loving her this season. Loving her. And then they served caviar out of these like bird cages or something. And I didn't understand that. And then Hip also was eating the shaved cucumber, like a fruit roll-up, and they were making fun of it. Oh, I loved it. But there was also sand in her salad. Even uh, Gina Casita got sand in her salad, which that tracked to me. I don't know why. I just felt like a lot of her dishes probably have sand in them. You know, I feel like oftentimes Casita probably sits down to eat a meal and there's sand in it. I don't know why that feels right to me, but hip, it doesn't feel right. And so I think that's why I was more shocked because, again, Gina also said, she's like, yeah, I think there's sand in mine too. But it didn't even like phase me because I just thought, yeah, how many times does Casita sit down and there's sand in her food? I don't know why. It feels like it's a normal thing occurrence in my head. It just feels right. But hip, I was like, oh, there's sand in her salad? Like, what is that about? I loved it. Um, then we see, Heather, everyone hates Heather Dubrow, by the way. Everyone hates her. Her and hip, they do fight. Heather says it's so crass that uh, hip is talking about the salad and putting the cucumber in her mouth. And I was like, it's actually crass that you're putting your fucking initials on everything. Doesn't it seem that way? I don't know. That was, was crass. I'm just really turning on Heather and Terry, and I don't know why exactly. I don't know why, and I'm sorry. Um, but they do have this scene. Heather and Terry walk through their old house to say goodbye. They drink champagne from the bottle. They still haven't told anybody that they sold. Heather, um, she says she really wants a new family to have beautiful memories in this house, this $55 million house. But I don't know. I think that bothered me, too. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be so unkind to Heather Debro. But she was acting like this house, this $55 million house sale was like a quaint hand-me-down to like a needy family. She's like, I hope they create good memories in here. And I'm thinking, the family that moves into this house is probably so fucking rich and spoiled monsters who won't even see each other because the house is so fucking big. So I don't think they're going to be creating these like gorgeous family memories in this quaint hand-me-down home. It's a $55 million house. I don't think the family's even going to see each other. There was like a whole garage for storage calculators that Heather and Terry had. So I, I just don't, uh, maybe that's, I don't mean to be so mean to the rich, <laughs> but we, I do have a problem with all of them. Okay. Then we cut to Shannon and Archie. Now Tamara fills in Shannon about everything that happened at the event because Shannon didn't go to Heather's HD launch uh, because Heather called Shannon to scold her. And, um, don't scold me if I don't come to your event. And I think if you're someone throwing an event, 
you have to realize, like, guess what? If you're taking the risk of throwing an event, some people won't come. Even your friends won't come. People have things going on. And so I don't, if somebody scolded me for not showing up at their lifestyle launch event, I'd be like, I don't fucking care. Like, people are not going to come to you. You can't expect everybody to come to every event you have. It just is what it is. That's the risk you take for hosting a party or throwing something. It just is what it is. Anyway, the cast is going to Mexico. Shannon says she won't see her in a bathing suit at all. And then as Shannon and Tamara are talking, Tamara gets a text from producers, probably, that Heather and Terry are selling their $55 million house. Shannon says, am I jealous? Uh, Yeah, because Shannon is a jealous person. And so, you know, she maybe needs to call up Dr. Moon to figure that out. Anyway, Tamara says that Heather doesn't tell them personal info, but acts like a friend for the TV show. So that's what Tamara's saying in the confessional. She's like, yeah, Heather keeps saying like, oh, we're so close or I'm good friends with them, but then is not telling them anything personal. And so she's basically saying like, Heather wants to be on the show and act like we're buddies. But when it comes down to it, we're not. So she's calling that out. Then we see Jen with the mom and Ryan and Ryan's really laying it on thick. And I was so disgusted to myself in this scene because Ryan, we've seen him show up in a lot of outfits, but I was, this is, uh, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I was like not even phased by his denim button up with camouflage patchwork and a soda and white bandana. And that disgusted me because I went that whole scene and until the tail end of it, it was just like, oh, there's Ryan. Like I just have accepted his fashions because we keep seeing his fashions on screen. And so when it came to this denim button up with camouflage patchwork and a soda and white bandana, I did not even look twice until the very end of the scene. And that's on me. I didn't even notice it until the end. And that's on me. Anyway, I guess they had a scene. I, then by the end of it, I was like, what the fuck is that outfit? And so I wasn't even paying attention to what she was saying with the mom and Ryan. Anyway, everyone gets ready for Mexico. I'm very excited. Taylor Armstrong's invited. Vicky was, I guess, like invited later because in the previews for next week, she shows up. But she's not invited at the first day. Thank God she's invited, though, because I don't want to want them going to Mexico without Vicky Gumpelson. I'm sorry. It just feels right that she's there. Uh, Jen really won me over, though, a very brief moment. But when she was getting to the airport and the driver was like going to get her luggage, Jen was like, no, I'll get it. And she carried her own luggage. And I don't know why. It just made me love her a lot. And I just thought, oh, she seems like, I bet you Jen's like a nice person in real life. And I'm often hard on her on this podcast. I bet she's nice. She got her own luggage. It made me turn, do a complete 180. I know she is dating a man who has sent his dick pic to everyone at Tamara's gym and also shows up to dinner with the mom and a denim button up with camouflage patchwork and a soda and white banana. But I do think that Jen is nice. Maybe just has a bad picker. Maybe just has a bad picker. But they all get to Mexico. No one wants to room with Heather. They all hate Heather. But they show up and Heather, um, I want to point out that her phone case also says HD. And so when Hip was talking about how she puts the initials on everything, she's also putting it on the phone case. So she did it at the party to launch the Lifestyle Network, but now also putting it on the phone case. And Tamara finally brings up the house. Heather says they had an NDA, and that's why she didn't say anything, which was a lie. And she just didn't feel safe to share. And Gina's like, I feel bummed that you feel that way. Because Gina, Casita thought they were pretend friends for this show. And now the facade is being stripped away. But then Heather reveals, so Heather's story keeps changing because then when they sit down in Mexico, she says, oh, I thought I'd share it on a vacation with all of you and it'd be this nice moment and we'd all celebrate. And it's like, Heather, you're lying. You didn't think that. But now you're trying to get the sympathy. And so I, I'm onto it. I'm onto it. Uh, Heather says that Hip has been unkind. She says, you're a dick, Emily. And Hip is like, well, you have HDs fucking everywhere. In the meanwhile, the waiters, oh, I love the waiters in this scene because they were like, the soap opera is so good. And I loved it. Hip says, uh, you thought your behavior was okay. Heather's like, you were rolling up that cucumber like a fruit roll up. That was not okay. And Hip is like, it had sand in it. Oh, I love this whole fight. Then they were fighting about body shaming too because Hip says Heather body shamed her with cookies. And Heather's like, oh, you want to talk about body shame? What about what you said about my bodysuit? You said I look like a whale trainer. And then... <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I think Hip was just saying, like, you look like uh, Lori Petty in Free Willy. Like, I think, who looked beautiful, by the way. If anyone remembers the movie Free Willy, I saw the sequel in theaters. That's how much I love the Free Willy franchise, but that's not the point. The point is, 
Uh, which by the way, just while we're here, I did one of my like most traumatic moments in life is my brother, Brian, this is crazy. I don't, I shouldn't even share this, but my brother, Brian, when the first free Willy movie came out, he knew I liked it so much. And so he bought me the VHS and the VHS came with, or maybe it was the second movie. One of the free Willy VHSs came with a whale necklace that was like a wooden nail whale necklace. And then my brother, uh, gave it to me and I, I felt so, I was so attached to it at a young age. Like I thought, oh my God, my brother got me this free Willy VHS and it came with this necklace and I wore the necklace everywhere. And then I wore it to the movie theaters and it fell off at the movie theaters. And I got home and I was like devastated because I realized that this necklace fell off me, called the movie theater. No one found any traces of it. And I never had that wooden free Willy necklace and it broke me. It broke me as a kid. You know, when you get attached to something as a young kid and you lose it, it's like devastated me. Anyway, Lori Petty was in the first Free Willy and she was the whale trainer. And so that's what I thought Hip was saying. Like Heather DeRoe looked like the whale trainer from Free Willy. Like she wasn't saying she looked ugly or anything. She just said, you look like a whale trainer because you were wearing a full body suit. And Heather's like, I was hurt. And Hip is like, I was hurt by you. And it's just the funniest thing. And then there's a little business about BravoCon. And it was a little unclear exactly. I guess Shannon or Tamara said something about uh, the other women in BravoCon. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. I don't know. And then it ends with them fighting. It was just a good episode. Next week, Vicky shows up. They imply in the previews for next week that Hip dies. Now, we know that she doesn't. So that's okay. But they do imply, if you go back and watch the preview for the next week, it is implied that Hip just drowns. It's implied that. Go back and watch. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen in a preview because it's just like Hip jumping in the water and then she doesn't come up. And then it just cuts to the next scene. It's like, what's going on? Like, are they trying to lead? I know they tease us sometimes, but I don't know that we need to be teased with like one of the cast members dying from drowning on a cast trip. I just don't know that we need to take it that far, especially when we know that doesn't happen. And then Heather calls hip snuffleupagus. She says in a good way, in a good way. <laughs> oh, I love these crazy shows. Just fucking nuts. I love it. Love it. That's the end of the week. That's the end of the episode. Thank you all so much for listening and uh, come see me on tour in October. Everythingiconic.com at the top of the page. There's a link for tour tickets. You can get them. Uh, I love you all so much for listening. I want to remind you all that I'm going to be doing my holiday recap podcast with my buddy Jenna Brister. We are gearing up for season five. And if you've never listened to it, it's called Very Merry Iconic Podcast. And I'll tell you more about it as the months come. But we'll be launching with a Halloween episode and then take a few week break and come back with holiday movie recaps. So we're both really excited about that. But 
Just want to let you all know. Another little programming update is that I haven't been doing our cheesy little cooldowns lately. Not purposefully. I just have been forgetting when I come to the end of the episode. And so I wanted us to do it again. I think we could all use the breather. And I know this is stupid and cheesy, but I love it. So let's take some deep breaths in. Just take a deep breath in. And you hold it, baby. Baby cakes. Baby gorgeous. Hold that breath. And breathe out. Let's do it one more time. Just breathe in, baby. I don't know why I keep saying baby, but breathe it in. Hold it. Breathe out. Go about your weeks. Be good people. Try to do good things. Try to laugh and find things to laugh about. Find things to smile about. Do some things that make you feel good. Eat some foods that make you feel good. Just whatever you got to do to stay afloat. Everything's a big hot mess. So do whatever you got to do. I love you all so much for listening. Bye-bye. 